you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. I certainly hope this finds you well and doing uh, just great things for God that uh, we find you in uh, the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he's doing a work in your life. I'm so excited uh, to be able to continue to bring you our live recordings from Camp Joy, Wisconsin, and we certainly could use your prayers as we prepare for a week from today uh, to start a camp in Bemidji, Minnesota. So if we can help you out with that, get a hold of us, do whatever it takes. We'd love to find a way to get you there. And, uh, well, listen as we go along, folks, and uh, we continue on with how to heal from PTSD. Most challenging, God-fearing people who stretched my mind, blew up my life, and uh, have been lovely, wonderful people are people who've been through some of the hardest, greatest traumas yeah, right. in life. Mm-hmm. Have you guys noticed that? Yeah, we had a guy, John Crabb. Did anyone ever meet John Crabb besides that? You met John? You met John who go to Germany? And yeah, stuff. from Florida, yeah. New York. Yeah. John Crabb, his wife died of cancer over a couple year period. He pastored the church right outside of Cornell. Was a Cornell graduate. Went through the seminary at like Wheaton or something. Was a brilliant, brilliant man. Was a mathematician. And uh, anyway, became one of the most conservative, godly Christians I ever met in my life. When his wife decided, he went to church one day, he read the Bible, and uh, he said, man, I shouldn't be a pastor. I don't have a wife here to help me along. I don't think I'm disqualified. I just don't think this is what God has for me anymore. So he got up and told this church of a couple hundred people up outside of Cornell, we got a great assistant pastor. You can hire whoever you want. Over the next few months, I'm going to transition. John Crabb started going to the mission field. And this was John Crabb. He came to our house. So honored to be with you. God's been so good to me that I get to be your friend. I've been praying for the last three hours for church this morning, and he would hold us in his arms. Can that Debbie and I cry? The kids would get up now, early just downstairs, and here's John Crabb. He'd be reading his Bible. Oh, God, these words God gave me this morning made me think of you, Douglas, and my son. Little Daniel, these words about being a fighter. God has made you. Oh, and empowered the kids. The things he went through in his life, kicked off at Cornell University, tried to take his degree back from him because he was a conservative Christian, led a pro-life rally, was arrested. His wife died an agonizing, terrible death from cancer. Uh, they lost a kid along their life. They had uh, people, other Baptists in the town said he couldn't be safe because he went to Wheaton College. Uh, people hated him. Uh, they said the only reason he carried King James it was all a lie. You know, you know the people. <laughs> you guys all know those people. Mm-hmm. And you know what it made? The greatest human being I've ever met in my life. I was getting ordained and he couldn't make it over. I wake up and he called Germany, we're six hours ahead. At seven o'clock in the morning, the phone rang and I answered it. And he said, oh, Brother Doug, all day today. I've been on my face begging God to use you, the great man you are. I mean, you'd hang up the phone and you just want to go punch the devil. And I didn't even know the, the, the tip People would tell me, oh, you heard about John when he lost his son in a car accident? <clears throat> Did you hear about him when they tried to lynch him? And I'm like, what? So yeah, yeah, he did a pro-life rally at Cornell, and they chased him around the church, and they beat him, they almost killed him, because uh, they didn't want him to come back on campus. And he 
got out of the hospital on a Tuesday morning at 8 or 11, they had to check her out. And, and I'm like, John? Little John? Yeah. And they said, oh, yeah. Yeah, he was outside the abortion clinic and turned around 24 women and one week and gave me a whole shit. And he called you up and said, oh, Brother Doug, I love you. I love you. And he remember everybody. And then he started going blind, remember? His last few years, he started losing his vision. And we'd have to help him get to the piano. And he'd get to the piano and he'd blow it up. And he would never sing, send the light. He would sing, bring the light. The blessed gospel, the light. Let it shine. He says, we're sick of singing. We need to have some more breakers right now. He'd just tear up the piano. But I'm telling you, pain, it turns people. So, you know, I, I'm reminded, I want to write this down so I never get Remember, did anyone else have a bunch of problems? I grew like three inches or four inches one year. I mean, it was just terrible. My legs were hurt, my mom were broken. The, you know what the answer was back then? It wasn't ibuprofen, Tylenol. They just kept on giving me more milk to drink. Milk was the magic cure, you know. They'd get an extra gallon, drink that gallon to it. You know, you'd be drinking that milk. But, but those growing pains led to something great. And that's what I want to get at. My brother encountered all joy when you fall into Dr. Foundation's trial, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worked over in James 1, 2. I didn't do a great job highlighting. I missed that one too, baby. But you know there's something there when God says, come and joy. Yeah. He talks about joy in the Bible, I think, seven times where you can count something joy. And in the middle of that, he throws this crazy one out there that says, count and joy when you're going through the junk in life. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. And you really don't want to stop and say, wow, this person abused me, or this terrible thing, this is... This is the worst person I've ever had in my life. Let me stop and count that joy. But that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to stop, and from that, he gives us perspective. Yeah. Christian perspective is hard. Secular perspective is a lot easier. So I was listening. I, I told Kevin this a couple weeks ago. I'm working with a group of people who've been through a pretty terrible thing. A terrible man hurt them through ministry. And I, I meet with about 14, 15 people, and this is what I found. There's two kinds of people that are going through stuff. And everybody's going through stuff in this group. Don't get me wrong. Everybody's going through something. But the group of people who are processing deconstruction, uh, you know, trying to do things in their life, they're not bad off. You know who are the bad off people out of this group? Are the people who say, I don't know what happened, but it's sure messing me up. I hope God can help me. They're the people who are coming out. And they're the people who are bad off. You know, they're the people you talk to who are really bad off in this whole thing. And uh, uh, so it's a wonderful thing when you get that point. So comment, joy. So we got to help people because everybody we deal with with PTSD has some level of pain. Everybody we deal with, when you get out to your local fire station or your local police station, pain is real. And it's, uh, uh, I had a cop tell me in Atlanta that, uh, and, uh, that his, uh, his constant companion was tears and 21-year cop in Atlanta, Georgia. Those are his constant companions. I said, are you married? So now I have two constant companions. I said, well, what are they? He said, pain. And I stopped there, and I'm, and I'm just looking at him, and he said, tears. And I was like, wow, that's somebody we want to get to church and, and help out. Um, and then God often uses pain and suffering to help us grow. That's pretty wonderful thing to know that growth can come out of that. I, I'm telling you, John Crabb uh, was the biggest man I ever met, five foot six inches tall. Uh, 
on what, 160 pounds, Debbie? He's the biggest man I ever met. You know, and, and some people, you know, everybody preaches differently and stuff. And some people use loud voices and stuff. I remember when I went through seminary, our homiletics professor, our Bible college, our homiletics guy would say, when you go loud, you can't go anywhere else. Once you go going loud, you can't go anywhere else. So, you know, of course, preachers are trying to figure out ways to get people's attention. Maybe raise your voice a little bit, maybe make a point, maybe say things a second time. Well, John Little was the complete opposite of everything I ever learned in how life. He was a power folks. So there'd be kids who move up the front. They'd be turned up the microphone. There wouldn't be a word or an eyeball off this guy. Because he was grown by this terrible thing he had learned. He was grown to a different level. He would tell the military kids, you know, the military kids are overseas and not a lot of people pay attention to. You have each other, and this guy would come along, would take him over to the public school and stuff, to the Dodge School, the Department of Defense Dependent School, and he'd tell these kids, thank you for your service. I know how hard it is for you guys to be in Germany, learning German, learning English, going through school, and I'm so proud of you. And you got a God that loves you. And he would just be, wow! Who would think about saying that to our kids? And the kids would all team up with them. You know, they'd usually run outside to get food and stuff and potluck. When John was there, everybody, all the adults would run out and the kids would be up there with them. They'd bring them little toys and stuff. And I said, boy, we, we got to understand that God uses this pain and suffering to help us go. If he doesn't nudge us out of his comfort zone, we can get stuck in those places. Uh, I have a guy who's saying, and, and I'll share his name because he allows me to, he writes a statement every year. His name's Michael Priola. Michael Priola, old Mike, went to uh, uh, what, Word of Life camp in 1979 in college, the, the Bible Institute up in Sweden, New York. And it used to be part of the Bible Baptist Church up there back in the day. And, and uh, he got messed up, kind of had like a nervous breakdown in his second year of college up there. So he came back to church and he's a jeweler. He fixes jewelry and watches and stuff like that. So I ran a visitation program in our church. Uh, actually wrote a class called Operation Salvation. So we do it Friday night and Saturday and we go out and visit people, you know. All day Saturday we go visit people and we bring back cards and we talk about how to visit people. So we wanted to start it by doing it in our church. So we did it in our church and Michael showed up. And Michael's a nervous wreck. And Michael said, I'm scared to death. I don't want to go anywhere, but I got to. God told me I have to. I said, Michael's going to be all right. So we go through the whole life. Every week he'd say, I'm one day closer to Hey, hang with us a second. We'll be right back with you. You'll hear the rest of the story about Michael. We're going to go ahead and do what we have to do for our radio stations. Again, thrilled to have you with us today. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Hey, folks, thanks for sticking with us. Here we go with the rest of the story about Michael. Our first visit, I decided Michael should come with me. And we had some people come visit the church. And when they left church, they said, we love this church. We're going to join here. So I said, Michael, we've got to go to visit tonight. <laughs> he said, we're going to join next Sunday. <laughs> so I knew we were okay. But anyway, I threw Michael in the car. We stopped at the house. He gets out of the car and vomits for three or four minutes. And I'm like, Michael, do not vomit in the car. 
Whatever you do, bombing out there, I got some technology effects. But I said, number one, we're going in the house. Number two, if you bomb in the car, you're cleaning it. And so he gets all that bombing and one of them go knocking the door. And this Navy wife answers the door. She said, she said, excuse me, brother Doug, but was there a guy bombing it out here? <laughs> I said, yeah, that's Michael. So we get in the house and Michael's like, can I use your Bolts down the hall. And we hear, and I'm like, I'm like, Michael, turn on the fan. Well, anyway, he comes out, and I told the lady, I said, this is the first time he's ever went to anyone's house. And she said, that's so convicted, I never went. I'm so afraid. And she said, here's a guy who's vomiting. So Michael comes out of the bathroom, and he's washing. At this point, his hair is soaked and sweat. He comes out of the bathroom. And he sits down and he tells her how great our church is, how great God is, checks to see if she's saved, prays with us, and goes out to the car. Three years later, we get a picture. On, uh, uh, he sends us a picture, a text message. Michael's the leader of the visitation program at church. <laughs> Praise God. It's a hard, it was hard for him. I mean, he vomited inside the lady's house. Yeah. And it was kind of embarrassing because you go inside and she's like, <laughs> Was somebody bombarded out there in the other car? I'm like, yeah, my friend Michael is his first video. He's like, can I use that? <laughs> and you hear it, you know, it's one of those half-bashed downstairs at the two-story house. He's like, Rah! and you hear it echoes from the house. The kids come downstairs. Is everybody all right down here? Then Michael comes out, and it was like a movie. His hair's all sweaty, sweat's coming down his face. I'm giving him my handkerchief. They try to get me back and sit on YouTube. <laughs> he's like this, he's wiping his hair and stuff. But man, what a job he did. But it helped him grow. It may have helped others grow. Trials not only help us grow, they help others grow. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, should mount up as wings as eagles. They should walk, uh, they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So we wait upon the Lord, we do those things we trust that it helps us grow. And uh, so we know that God is the source of all goodness. His, his, his area is the source uh, of all joy. And, and therefore, whatever glorifies him is good for us. And that includes suffering. And, and again, my brother encountered all joy. So it's hard sometimes when we're suffering and we're going through things to be able to put things into perspective of somehow this is bringing glory and honor to God. But if we can help people see that, if we ourselves can see that, God can start transforming things in our life. If we can understand, I always tell people, I say, you know what's one of the greatest things that ever happened in my life? And they always go, well, what's that, Doug? And I say, the stuff I went through, God allows me to take these pains and these terrible things I've been through and now help people with and, and I believe that. So it glorifies Him. So all creation, that's why we're here. I remember this guy wrote a book, uh, What is the Reason uh, We're On Earth? Why are we here? It was a book written I read in high school. It never had anything to do with God. It talked about being nice to your neighbor. Uh, it talked about keeping the earth in a nice way. It never talked about that. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says we're here to bring glory and honor to God. And uh, so if we start thinking about that, we do it. So all creation's about that. And it works for ultimate good. And uh, some people think, you know, and again, this goes down... We were talking a little while ago about our Pentecostal friends. You know, these are the kind of people that run up to you and say, what did you do wrong? Yeah. You know, why do you have this? And Job's friends, 
let's face it, Joe from that short little guy, the shoe hop guy there, Bill Dad, uh, short little guy, he was a knucklehead. All three of those guys were a knucklehead. And then Jay, who came along, he was kind of all right, but he was kind of a knucklehead too. But man, when God showed up, boy, didn't that change everything? Where were you? You know, all yeah. the world was like, Amen. And sometimes God has to say that to me when I'm having a bad day. He really do. Created the whole world. There's a reason for this. There's a reason you're going through that. And so there's an eternal benefit. I think that's, that's important to remember. And I, I got to tell you this. I can't tell you how many people told me how much they grew after they got through a trial. Mm -hmm. How many people grew when they got through a trial. And people I talked to, Bobby Robertson pastor of a church in uh, Walkertown, North Carolina. I remember Bobby used to call me every month before he went to heaven from a brain tumor. And I asked him one time, I said, how did you know you were going to? You were going to be a pastor. He said, I was afraid God was going to kill me, Brother Tony. And I said, What's wrong? He said, I was defying God. And uh, I was the most miserable person. And you know what I found? People outside of God's will are the most miserable people on God's Yeah. And he said, But once I surrendered and did, he said, I remember the 53 Chevy pulling in my yard. It was brand new. This is when he stuck. He took the church. I looked up and I told my wife, He said, That's the deacon. And if I don't answer him right this time, so we're going to be pastoring the church. So the deacon knocked on the door and said, Bobby, are you going to take our church? And he said, he grudged me. I looked at him and said, okay. <laughs> when Bobby died, what was it, 6,000 people in that church uh, and uh, over all those years? They built, uh, yeah, so people would go around and say, we're looking for somebody with building experience, building a church, fixing up the church. Bobby would always say, I don't have much. We built 61 buildings, 14 sanctuaries over the years. Isn't that incredible? And, uh, and so I'll tell you, pain helps us to grow. I, I don't know about you, but I think biblical counsel is a great thing. Amen. Uh, being able to help people, all of us, and Kevin and I talk about these things a lot because we work together, but all of us have been in churches where people say, I counsel from the pulpit. Yeah. Or I don't believe in biblical I feel really sad about that. Yes, sir. I mean, being able to sit down with your pastor or your pastor's wife uh, or somebody and, and open up the Word of God and talk to each other. It's a really good thing to talk to someone else. And, uh, I, you know, I count that all really valuable time in my life. A prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So God reminds us that a prudent man. What does that word prudent mean to you? I didn't hear you, brother. Does the right thing with the right mind. Yeah, smart, foreseeing, right thinking, looking forward, uh, making those good decisions. And, and, and so that's, a, that's an important thing. So the word prudent is a really good thing there. And then we always talk about, right, we always talk about knowing your triggers. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't put a verse on this one. I'm going to have to fix this. But realize present situations can trigger buried memories. So we're always reminding people these are your traumas. Remember we started last night, and it was so important that we talked about knowing your traumas. So friends, if you have PTSD, let me tell you this, if you've been through things, you know, when people have a marriage problem and a pastor counsels them, the first thing they do is they look for the trauma or traumas that hurt the marriage, right? So the first thing you want to know is what started the bad times. Because certainly everybody gets married, everybody's having a good time, you're on a honeymoon for like 40 years, and then things slow down a little, maybe. I don't know. We'll give you a word on that. We hit 40 years October 8th. But uh, uh, what caused?
employs them. So everybody, and we're not picking anybody uh, marriage-wise, but we're just saying when it comes to marriage counseling, you're looking for that one thing that blew everything apart. Because if you can find that one thing, or two things, or three things, then you can find out who was the person who made that one, two, or three things happen, and how can we, with God's help, use the Word of God to show that there needs to be a modification of behavior, to show what marriage should look like, right? And, and so we, we look out for triggers that go back to that thing and in marriage counseling. And I had a professor tell me this in seminary, and I believe this, that the person who usually causes the problem is the person who keeps on bringing up the triggers. Remember what you did in 1999? Hey, folks, hang with me. We'll come back and we'll work on that tomorrow. So thrilled that you would take the time to tune us in today. I just want to give you a piece this week or a bit what our camps look like and let you know that you're all welcome to come to Bemidji. May God bless you. Talk to you in the morning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.